Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Tonga targets the 2018 Winter Olympics. We speak to the new Guam football coach and Tahiti's beach soccer team calls on a familiar face for help. But first, the new Fiji Sevens coach Gareth Baber isn't shying away from the challenge of keeping the Olympic champions ahead of the chasing pack. A former Wales Sevens coach and player, Baber will start his new job in January once his contract as coach of the Hong Kong Sevens team comes to an end. The 44-year-old says the opportunity to take charge of the world and Olympic champions was too good to pass up. As a developing coach, you want to try and test yourself at the top levels and I've been in a position for three years at uh, Hong Kong with sort of changeovers I suppose after the end of the Olympics uh, some jobs coming up and obviously the Fijian one came up and I thought that um, it would be remiss of me if I didn't test myself or challenge myself certainly to try and get myself in the process of, of getting near some an interview and, um, and lo and behold I got managed to get through that process and at the interview time uh, we discussed very much what the the future of Fijian Sevens rugby was looking like, and um, and I was able to to put myself in a position that they offered me it. So um, very pleased, yeah, and uh, obviously excited at the challenge. What do you feel you offer the Fiji Sevens team? I suppose my experience in Sevens rugby, uh, playing for Wales, coaching Wales, obviously what I've done in Hong Kong recently, but also my 15s background and coaching the Cardiff Blues for seven years as well. So um, I've got a good experience in the coaching world and played international sevens rugby itself as well. So um, to latterly, I, I suppose, in developing myself in what I've done as coaching is probably what I've done in Hong Kong in terms of taking what was a, an amateur group of players uh, into full-time professional rugby and in the space of three years sort of you know, got them to a point where they're a lot more consistent and competitive in international competitions. Um, there's still a little bit of way to go and you know, we've put some steps in place to ensure that that develops with the new generations of players that are coming through in Hong Kong and, and, and structures that we need to make sure that that does happen. That's something I think that the rugby union in Fiji looked at as well was a combination between uh, sort of my coaching experience from a sevens background but also probably um, sort of the programme management leadership bit as well. In terms of that intimate knowledge of the setup in Fiji, are you pretty well versed in what you're going to come across? No, in all honesty, no. Um, you know, obviously, uh, prior to uh, the interview and the, the process of application, I've been living in Wales and then I've come to Hong Kong, and I didn't see myself perhaps going on to that. So um, that's knowledge that I'm going to have to gain quickly. I've had a couple of conversations with Ben Ryan as well in the meantime, and uh, some good people in the Fijian Rugby Union are uh, updating me what's going on and. I'll have to fit into that quite quickly. I know it's a challenge, um, and I know that uh, I'm going to have to use all my coaching resource to make sure that I'm keeping performance going first and foremost in the World Series, but also then looking at what plans we can put in place for developing new generations of Fijian players, and and similarly to what we've done in Hong Kong in trying to um, establish some structures 
uh, for the sustainability of that as well, you know, making them as consistent as possible and keeping them at the top of world rugby. Yeah, obviously Ben Ryan took over a team uh, a few years ago that was one of the top in the world, but uh, perhaps not quite where they felt they could be. You're taking over a team that, you know, you either stay top or you you fall down. So, I mean, that's quite a, a daunting challenge. Yes, absolutely. But that's why I do it. Um, I do it for the reasons of, I didn't like pressure and I didn't like... Uh, putting myself uh, and testing myself, challenging myself and others around me to to get to those levels that I wouldn't be doing the jobs that we do. And I think that all coaches go through that. That's the reality, but that's the reality in any job anyway. They are top of the tree, absolutely. And, you know, my job is to ensure that uh, I can coach them and uh, ensure that they, they stay at that level, obviously. I'm sure it won't be as plain sailing, and I'm sure there will be times when, you know, form is, is difficult to have, but... Um, that's part and parcel, again, of, of the learning that happens within coaching groups and coaching environments. Um, what my desire is and drive is is to, as you say, capitalise on what's been done to date and uh, put my own thoughts and processes in place to make sure that that continues to happen. Um, and I can't say what the future is going to hold, but um, I know that uh, I back myself in terms of what I'm going to bring to it. You obviously come from that playing background with Wales and, the, and also strong coaching experience at that uh, international sevens level. Uh, does, does that give you a different outlook on the game from maybe other coaches that, that, that don't have that level of playing background, especially in the sevens game? Possibly. Uh, you know, I, I suppose I can't mind read and see what's going through their heads, but I think that all coaches, when they get to these levels, have had different experiences. Mine just happens to be unique in terms of that. I've gained a lot from being a player, certainly, and and probably my biggest one is, my biggest learnings from that is understanding what players go through. Well, obviously, players are, are very respectful about what they do and understand what they do, but you know it's a difficult environment sometimes as well. And you know the pressure of being Olympic champions and being World Series champions is it can can play out in different ways for players, and and there's a huge expectation on some of these players in Fiji now, and that'll be something I'm looking at in in itself. But I'm. I'm aware of what those pressures are on a player, and I suppose I'll utilise some of that in my personal relationships with the players and trying to get the best out of them and looking after them as well. And um, I think combining that with, with the coaching that I have done in you know, pressurised 15s environments and, and obviously 7s laterally in, in terms of Hong Kong, you know, it all sort of combines to providing me with, I think, the, the, the basis for, for obviously moving this Fijian team to where they need to stay and move on. That's the incoming Fiji Sevens coach, Gareth Baber. Tongan skier Kasete Skeen has quit his job, moved to Austria and set his sights on qualifying for the Winter Olympics. The 34-year-old was born and raised in London, but his father's family are from Vava'u and Tongatapu. He's always had a love of skiing, but says the idea of competing at the 2018 Winter Games is a recent development. I first skied when I was uh, a child at the age of 12 and I kind of caught the bug then but didn't really have the opportunity to uh, expand so it wasn't until a few years later when I started going skiing again with my now girlfriend Anna and we go to Sweden with her family each year but I kind of picked up the bug again and um, progressed. And so your family uh, originates from Vava'u? Yeah, my father's family are from Vava'u and also from a village uh, called Kolonga in Tomatapu. But you've grown up in... England? Yeah, my mum's uh, English, so I'm half Tongan, half English. Um, I was born over in the UK, but yeah, very much with the kind of Tongan influence in my life. I know I was always the tallest kid in my in my class at school, um, and I'm typically built for rugby, as most Tongans are, um, but oh, luckily that also means that 
I've got quite a, a good physique for downhill and um, super G ski racing as well. When did it go from an interest in skiing to thinking, well, let's take this a step further, maybe the Winter Olympics could be a possibility? So that's kind of happened really recently, within the last year. Um, it kind of started off as a joke. Um, I kind of flippantly made over dinner one evening and the friends that we were with sort of said, no, that, that, that's a good idea, you should do it, you should get on this, we'll help you sort it out. And so it kind of set this seed in the back of my mind and then I went away skiing for a couple of weeks and thought to myself, you know what, I could really do with more skiing in my life. i kind of become a sort of bit of a ski geek, obsessing from one holiday to the next about the next one. So yeah, I thought, why not give it a try? I mean, Tonga's probably been an overrun with skiers, so I might be in with a shout. It's been a kind of meteoric rise from zero to, to almost here at the moment. Yeah, so you've obviously got this goal of qualifying. I mean, the Royal Tonga Ski Federation uh, has only um, been admitted to the International Ski Federation since, I think, June of this year. So you and a few of your uh, fellow countrymen and women are obviously... Uh, you know, have the same goal of hopefully making it to South Korea. So uh, there seems to be a, a bit of momentum, a bit of a camaraderie, um, you know, in, in trying to achieve this goal. Definitely. And that's exactly correct, that we are kind of building up momentum as we go and progress. Sort of it's getting bigger and snowboarding, which is, is really cool because that's what we need to happen. We need to, to, to build that momentum and to use the energy to help us qualify and sort of overcome all the obstacles that there are for our qualifications. Bruno Banani obviously competed in the luge um, back in Sochi in 2014. Uh, obviously a different discipline, but uh, what influence or inspiration has, has that had on uh, yourself or, or other Tongans that have an interest in you know, the winter sports? He's a trailblazer, definitely, for Tonga, the first Tongan to compete in the Winter Olympics. And also it's, it's a kind of inspiration for not just Tongans, but lots of people from uh, non-traditional backgrounds or non-traditional winter uh, Olympic countries to kind of get involved. Maybe people who have passions but don't necessarily think there's an opportunity there to actually reconsider the opportunities that are in front of them. To achieve this goal that obviously requires um, a, a lot of training, a lot of dedication, a lot of effort, I mean, what what do you have to do? You, you've overhauled your diet, uh, you know, you were working full-time and now you've got to dedicate yourself to training. How much of a financial commitment, how much of a physical commitment, uh, a mental commitment is all of that? Every day I'm kind of, you know, knocking my pipe out up there on the glacier, working as hard as I can to improve my technique, to improve my turns. Uh, my coach, Herman, Herman Agne, has been amazing as well. Then, yeah, you know, I've got to pay for all of this. So I've got a crowdfunding campaign going on uh, pledgesports.org to help support my uh, training and competing. Um, and then at the end of each day, I've got, you know, uh, a list of emails and messages and blog posts and social media posts that I have to get on with and try and write and do. So it's full on, you know, big time. So what do you have to do to qualify for 2018? There is uh, a point threshold that I have to achieve. So it's, in skiing, it's the lowest points are better. So the threshold, I believe, is 140 points for giant slalom. So that is taken from an average of my two best results. It's kind of a bit of a dark art in terms of, of how the point system works, uh, in terms of who you race against, how what the quality of the field is, where you come relative to the, the best person and who's the highest ranked person. But yeah, basically it's an average of my two best results. And uh, how many opportunities do you have to try and set those marks? As many as I can fit in this season, European season, 
I'm hoping to do maybe 15 races. Then I'm aiming to come down there, come to New Zealand to train and compete in the Southern Hemisphere winter. And then I should do some more races down there, maybe in Australia as well. And then we'll be back up to Europe for the early season, November, December next year. There should be quite a few opportunities for me to do that. It's just also gaining experience. It's about 15 months away now from the Winter Olympics. Uh, so how long do you have until that cut-off, until you know yes or no you've qualified? It's entirely dependent on results. So I could do it by January, February this year, or if my results don't go as I'd like, then it could be later. I think the important thing is taking each day as it comes and trying to improve a bit each day. So, you know, even if I don't necessarily make the grade by January or February this year, I can still see some improvement in terms of my experience and my times and my performances that will help me achieve that later on. Have you started any events yet? No, not yet. Uh, for me, I'm still in pre-season. So um, although the season kicked off last week, the races that I'm targeting are coming more in the end of December, January, February, March. That's going to be uh, the, the crunch time for me. <laughs> That's Tongan skier Kassete Skiing. Darren Sawatsky will make his debut as head coach of the Guam men's football team this weekend, but the American is not a complete stranger to the Matau. Sawatsky replaces Gary White, who ended his four-year spell as national coach in May to take charge of Chinese club Shanghai Shenzhen. They approached me based on Gary's recommendation. Gary and I have a have a long history together. We've coached at a multitude of levels. Uh, mainly, we built the uh, Sounders FC uh, Major League Soccer Team Academy together. Uh, we run a lot of youth programming together while he was in uh, the United States. And then, obviously, he was in charge in Guam for you know coming on four years. No doubt, you would have been a uh, a keen observer of uh, what what had been happening over that time. Gary did a brilliant job of uh, professionalizing the program and, and helping them, you know, gain some spots in the FIFA rankings. I also helped him, you know, in his pursuit of, of players with Guam lineage. Whenever you're building a national team, you always want to try to find players that are eligible for the team you're coaching. And, you know, he and I worked together to try to make sure that he built the best roster he could. And many of those players are still involved in the program. So I'm excited to work with him. Coming on board as you do, uh, obviously the the World Cup dream, um, you know, as I guess aspirational and uh, faint as that may be, uh, is now over. You've still got a very strong chance of making the Asian Cup in 2019. Of course, you're in that third playoff round, so um, you know there's still uh, a, a lot that can be achieved. I hate losing. I hate it. I hate it much more than I like winning. And when you're uh, in professional football, you have to have that mentality. We want to play a good brand of football, and, and we'll work to do that. But at the end of the day, it's about results. So we're not going to Hong Kong to just play games. We're going there to take points and, and look to advance into the, the final round. The Matau have got to the second stage uh, many a times in the East Asian Cup, but uh, you've got some pretty formidable uh, opponents there. Uh, you're coming up against the hosts, Hong Kong. North Korea, obviously, are a strong team in, in Chinese Taipei there as well, uh, I think. 2015, uh, you didn't make the top four, so at the very least that would obviously be something you'd be looking for in this tournament. We'll approach it game by game. You know, I'm, uh, I've done a lot of research on the teams. You know, we'll have a good game plan for each one of them, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's international football. Nobody's coming in there to, to not advance. So we'll be very, very competitive, you know, and at times you need the ball to bounce your way, but, you know, we'll go into each of those games looking to win. And as a team that's, you know, striving to make it to that 2019 Asian Cup, this is exactly the sort of opposition you want to be up against if you can qualify through and play the likes of South Korea, uh, Japan, China, those sorts of big teams in Asia. For both 
you know, Guam and for the players individually, it's very, very important. You know, the better that we do at that level, uh, the better it is for these players. And, you know, you take a player like Marcus Lopez, who signed a professional contract in India, you know, and even the players that, uh, you know, play professionally in Major League Soccer, the USL, the NASL in the United States, the better they do in these international competitions, the better it is for them, and ultimately the better it is for the Matau. Because the more professional footballers we have playing around the world, the better the international team will be. These matches coming up in Hong Kong, are they in an international window? Are you going to be at full strength? We'll be missing some players. You know, we're, we're, it is during an international window, but, you know, some leagues don't necessarily honour the international window. And there's some crossover. And on top of that, in the United States, you have the NCAA, which is the, you know, the college affiliation. You know, a couple of our boys are, are doing quite well in their college season, so they're not able to get released for the competition. You know, this will be your first matches in charge of the Guam national side. What can we expect from uh, yourself that, that may be a little bit different to Gary, or what sort of approach are you taking to this role? I think the similarities uh, with Gary and I is we're both very organized and prepared. We'll know our opposition, and, and we know what we have. You know, a, a little bit different I was a professional player for 13 seasons over a decade, so I have a history of, of being a player, which is a little bit different than Gary. You know, my approach is very team-oriented, group-oriented. Our team will be very passionate and competitive. You know, we'll hunt in packs, and um, the style of play will be very evident when the game starts. And uh, having that relationship that you do have with Gary and, um, you know, having helped to scout some of the players in the U.S. Um, and having a couple of training sessions under your belt with the players in Guam, are you feeling pretty well-versed now in, in everything? Uh, you know you know your players, you know your squad, or is there still elements of this which is quite new to you? I would be remiss in saying that I, I, I understand everything and know everything. This will be my first, you know, international game at this level. So there's always things to learn. Um, I've watched a lot of videotape. I've seen a lot of the players play. I've talked to them on the phone. I've met them in person. You know, I feel pretty versed in knowing who the guys are, but uh, you never know what you have exactly until you get out on that training pitch. So there's always things to learn. That's the new Guam men's football coach, Darren Sawatsky. Swiss Beach soccer coach Angelo Sharinsi is back with the Tahiti team at this week's Intercontinental Cup in Dubai. He led the Tiki Tower to a fourth-place finish at the 2013 World Cup on home soil and returned a year ago as Tahiti made it to the final of last year's Intercontinental Cup. And now he's back again. They asked me because they were a little bit difficult. They had some, some defeats. They were in Japan and they lost two matches. They were in San Diego. They lost three matches there. And now Teva asked me if I can help out and to bring them again on the road. You know, when you're not coaching them, they obviously have another coach. So what, does, does he join you as well? Does he still stay on or are they looking for another one? No, they had no other coach. This was always Teva, player coach, Teva Taveroni. He is the man uh, for the last five years. He was the player coach if I was not there. He was, he was in charge of the team and uh, a good friend of mine. And uh, now he was also in Switzerland this summer with the team. He asked me now if I can come with them to Dubai to help them a little bit, that he can concentrate on playing. So I will be on the line. A year ago, they made the final of the Intercontinental Cup, losing to uh, Russia, who uh, were world number one in that match. I mean, what involvement have I you remember. had? What did you guys learn from that tournament? It was a nice tournament. Only the, the final, we played very bad. We, we win against Portugal, the first match. 
We won against Mexico, I remember, Iran, and then we were in the final against Russia, and there we played very bad. I don't know why, maybe. But this year we have a new situation. We have some players injured. Haimanu Tayarui, best player in the world, he had a fracture toe. So, and we have also Lee Fung Kui, he's not in, he was in France for his job, so he could not train. So we have a new situation now and some new guys. Uh, it will be very difficult this time. This summer, the whole Taiki team was in Switzerland with us for what, six weeks. They bring four or five new players and I, I could see already the players, but it's, of course, they are new and they are young and they have not this quality like the old players, but we, we need these young players to fill up, to, to have new blood. But it will be difficult to have the same, um, to be competitive like, like in 2013 and 2011 or in 2015. It's very difficult to repeat, but we tried to bring them on, on a good level. That's the interim Tahiti Beach soccer coach, Angelo Sharinci. And that's the World in Sport for this week from RNZ International. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.